Welcome to Making Space with Jen Pillipow, a podcast about authenticity and the subconscious beliefs masking it. Hi, and welcome back to Making Space, and thank you so much for subscribing and signing up to listen to these podcasts. I really appreciate it. You'll hear my voice. I'm just getting over a sickness. I sound a lot better, but I still, my voice still feels like it's a couple octaves too low. Um, my son got sick and something was just like spreading like wildfire throughout the daycare and out throughout school. So of course he picked it up. And then I happened to be trying this new homeopathic medication and what he had asked me to take the dose was just way too strong for me and it just inflamed my whole body and basically my immune system went on overdrive and it attacked itself (laughs) so had a lovely cold and a cough for the past week and I honestly can't remember the last time I've been that sick or the last time I've ever had a cough like I don't think I've ever had a cough with a sickness it was so strange um anyways We are talking about failure today, and I want to talk about the five types of failure. So I really wanted to dedicate a whole episode to this because I think that um, when we think about failure, we, we all have this notion of we know failure is good, we know it's a part of the process, but yet we can't really handle it when it happens, and yet we try to avoid it as much as possible, and it's this very sticky relationship. And I think it's helpful. It was helpful for me anyways, to break it down into different categories to kind of make some sense of it. So before we get into it, I want you to just pause and think for a moment, when was the last time you really failed at something? You know, if I think about myself, my most common fails are in the realm of parenting and business. And that makes sense to me because that's where I'm stretched the most. That's where I do the most new things, where I have, you know, the least amount of guidance and where I have the most growth potential. And it's also where the fails hurt the most and are harder to build, to come back from, but do build resiliency. And so as you were thinking, you may have noticed already what you think failure means. What does it mean to you? And what I found really interesting is breaking it down into these five categories. So I really like Dr. Nikki Martinez. She describes four different types of failure. Number one, abject failure, when you lose something that feels paramount, some um, trust, health, a job, something you valued. Number two, glorious failure, when you give yourself, when you give something your all, but you fail in an epic blaze of glory. Number three, common failure, average everyday fails, like forgetting an appointment, being late, making a bad decision, bringing the wrong information to a meeting, messing up a presentation, etc. Number four, predicted failure, failure we can count on. So this would be if you're beta testing something, you're just testing you're seeing how things will work and what bugs need to get worked out so you're you're predicting there's going to be failure you just need to understand what kind and and how and i want to add a number five and this is one that brooke castillo talks about and she calls it failing in advance which means 
just like it sounds. You're not even trying because you think it may not work and you want to protect yourself from any kind of potential disappointment. Now, for this episode, I want to focus on number three and number five, common failure, which is average everyday fails. When we were late for something, we make a bad decision, we screw something up. And number five is failing in advance. This is where I feel perfectionistic qualities take a toll on the authentic human experience. And without it, without fearing those types of fails, without trying to protect ourselves so much that it stifles us, we would then be able to experience number two, which is glorious fail, where you give something your all, but then you fail in an epic blaze of glory. Because of course, the glorious failure, that is where you build resiliency. Well, you'll build resiliency with all of these. That's not fair to say, but it's probably where the most growth happens is when you really extend yourself, you really put yourself out there and for whatever reason, it just doesn't work. There's a lot of growth opportunity there. So perfectionists typically will tend to be really hard on themselves with just common everyday fails. And I've heard several belief systems supporting this. Thoughts like cutting myself some slack and going easy on myself is going to make me lazy and unsuccessful. And I talk a lot about more I talk a lot more about this in the next episode where we explore being hard on yourself, but I find a lot of people are like, well, if I start to cut myself some slack, if I tell myself it's okay, I'm just going to lie on the couch all day and not do anything. I'm just going to eat chips all day. I'm just going to watch Netflix all day. And I don't think that's true. <laughs> if those kinds of thoughts resonate for you, if you've thought versions of those, then you're probably harder on yourself than you would be if other people had done the same thing. And you probably have a pretty tough inner critic. And that's another indicator of perfectionism is we have this really nasty inner voice. We talk to ourselves in a way that we would never, ever talk to somebody else. But this is a real problem because this experience, the way that we treat ourselves when things don't go right, is going to keep us from attempting any kind of big goal or we want to try to avoid the glorious failure, right? We're not really going to put ourselves out there. And even predicted failure can feel like way too much. So we need those failures to achieve new goals, to grow, to become next level versions of ourselves. And there's always a next level. We're not trying to get to the the finish line, there was no finish line. They were always going to be growing and learning as long as we're alive. So we know failure is a part of the process. And there's so many great quotes and motivational posters on failure. And I'm sure you're familiar with all of them. Tal Ben-Shahar says, we either learn to fail or fail to learn. Michael Jordan says, I've failed over and over and over. And that's why I succeed. When you lose, don't lose the lesson. I'm not sure who said that one. Thomas Edison very famously said, I have not failed. I have just found 10,000 ways that won't work. And you can probably think of people that you're grateful they didn't quit because they initially failed. Because by not quitting, you've enjoyed watching their TV show or reading their books or listening to their music. But if these perfectionistic tendencies if you have them, failure feels excruciating 
because it means so much more than getting something wrong. We make it mean that we aren't good enough. We make it mean that there's something flawed in our character or our personality or our inherent worth. And we think those things are unchangeable no matter how much effort we expend. If we think there's something wrong with our character and we can't change our character, if we think there's something wrong with just who we are as a person and we can't change that, that feels devastating. That feels a lot worse than just making a mistake, right? But if we want to grow, we have to remember that growth and healing are iterative and they require failing in some way. It's not a straight line path to end goal or success. It's back and forth, up and down, curves around. And if we're not aware of what we're feeling, our subconscious will put up this safety net. We'll put a safety button in place to make sure that we never make that mistake again, that we never put ourselves out there again. And that keeps us small and stuck. It's like we're walking around with two parts of yourself. And I talk about this a little bit with um, one of the tools I use in hypnotherapy, which is role, function, purpose, intent. I think I've talked about this in another podcast episode. But there's this one part of us that wants these great, ambitious, authentic goals that mean something to us. And then there's this other part of us that sometimes feels bigger that is just so afraid to fail or to be wrong that it sabotages us in advance so that we don't have to feel that pain. And it can be frustrating because it can feel like it's out of your control, like self-sabotage. It just it keeps happening and you don't understand why. Or what we can do sometimes to protect ourselves is we make these huge idealistic goals that are absolutely impossible for us to reach and therefore we never actually expect to reach them and we we can play it safe that way. We can let ourselves off the hook without feeling too bad. So think about a goal you're trying to reach right now. How hard have you tried? How many times have you failed? And do you think of that failure as an an ending? Or do you look at it like it's a part of the iterative process where it's back and forth, back and forth? And what do you tell yourself about that failure? What do you make it mean? And then what emotions come up from that thought? And maybe some of those answers you don't even know because they're so buried in your subconscious belief system that you just override it all the time with conscious thought. And that's okay too. So much is written and discussed about failure and we all know it's a part of the journey and if we're doing something new, then failure has to be a part of it and we have to be more resilient in order to grow it. I know that you know this. And those quotes and examples I just shared, they're usually about someone persevering in a sport or a creative endeavor, making a new business or creating something from scratch. And they're more about glorious fails, like go big or go home. It's not usually attributed to, you know, growing as a person or personal development or learning life lessons. So already it feels a little separate from us. But if we remind ourselves the root of it, the root of it just being our subconscious got confused and it tangled up worthiness with success and failure. And if we consciously start to untangle that, and if we do the subconscious work to remove that programming, 
all of a sudden failure isn't as big a deal because it's not a referendum on our worthiness anymore. We already know we're worthy. I mean, all of us have, will have different reasons for feeling shame or discouragement after we fail, but by and large, my guess is that we fear failure. We don't handle it well because we're making it mean something about us, about our character, about our personality, about our worth, something that we feel is something we can't change. And that stops us from fully expressing ourselves. So I want to say that again in just a different way, because it's really important. If we fail and we make it mean there's something flawed in our character about us, and we think that we can't change that part of us, no matter how hard we try, then it's really hard to get curious about it and to accept it in. It's just too painful. But here's the good news. Failing doesn't mean we're flawed or broken or not enough or worthless or something is inherently wrong with us. Remember, our brains are plastic, meaning we can make new pathways, we can change. New thoughts can be repeated enough to create new beliefs. And thoughts create our feelings, our feelings are creating our actions, and our actions are getting us the results. So we have so much more power than we realize. And of course, we can tackle this through two ways, through our conscious thought and our mindset and through our subconscious programming. So our efforts are always worth it. No matter what happens, it's worth it. I've shared this story from Alexandra Franzen before, and I'll link her website in the show notes if you want to check her out. Um, But she tells a story about failure and trying, and I want to share that with you again here. So she says, years ago, I attended a class on CPR. I was... (laughs) She has the whole thing written out, and I don't think I can pronounce it. I'll, I'll, bear, I'll save you from me totally butchering it. I'll start again. Years ago, I attended a class on CPR. The goal, learn what to do when someone's breathing or heartbeat is stopped. Learn how to save a life. At the beginning of class, the instructor posed a difficult question to the group. What if it doesn't work? What if, despite your best efforts, the person lying before you is definitely not coming back to life? What if you are too late? What if they are unalterably dead and that's that? Should you keep administering CPR regardless? Keep pumping away? Keep trying? And the instructor urged us, try anyway. Even when things seem futile, she explained, trying is always worth it. And she told us several convincing reasons why. Number one, Trying is worth it because people will see you in action. Bystanders will see you acting courageously in spite of nervousness, adrenaline, and chaos all around. These people might think to themselves, I want to learn how to do that. They might sign up for a CPR course, get trained, and save someone's life in the future because you tried. Trying is worth it, number two, because you will provide greater peace of mind to the people who are grieving. Family members won't have to agonize, wondering, but what if someone had known CPR? They will know that every possible action was taken to save their loved one because you tried. Number three, trying is worth it because somebody else might get to live. Even if your victim is dead and cannot be revived, performing CPR helps to circulate blood through the victim's body, which means that some of their organs may still live long enough to be transported to a hospital. If the victim is an organ donor... 
That means that their organs can be given to someone who desperately needs them. You will be fulfilling the victim's dying wishes and be saving a life, even if the life you are saving is not the person lying in front of you. Because you tried. Some days I wonder if my efforts matter much. Raising money for a good cause. Using recycled paper. Purchasing from a small local business. Writing an essay that might reach thousands of readers or maybe just one or two people. Who knows? All of these efforts, is it worth it? Does it matter? Or is it just a drop in the ocean, minuscule and pointless? And then I remember the CPR class, the practice dummy on the ground, and the teacher's words. Trying is always worth it. When you try, it matters. It could make a difference in one person's life, and that is a big deal. It could spark a ripple effect that is bigger than you ever imagined. And sometimes, trying is purely about peace of mind. Knowing that you did something instead of doing nothing living in the solace that this knowledge provides. Consider something in your life, career, or community that feels too difficult, too complicated, too broken, or too big to solve. Whatever it is, try anyway. And if you've already tried, try again. P.S. Whatever you do won't be enough. Try anyway. Barack Obama. So it's a beautiful story, and... I've thought about it often, especially as I'm enjoying something. You know, I think about, maybe this is a dumb example, but I, we have the Peloton app here and, you know, it's minus 20 right now, so I'm not getting outside a lot and I'm really grateful for it. And there's some instructors that I really like and sometimes I think, I'm so glad that they chose this path. You know, one of them is a former kindergarten teacher and principal And I'm so glad she decided to stop doing that and become a fitness instructor because she, she's optimistic and she's inspiring and I enjoy her classes. And I think about this podcast. I think about the work that I do because sometimes doing this podcast, it's like I'm talking to nobody and I have to remind myself it's okay if it's just my mom (laughs) listening, (laughs) try anyway. So this is my invitation to you to reframe failure next time it happens because it's bound to happen if you want to create anything new. And if you want to create new habits of thought and action, that's another way of creating something new and to keep trying even if sometimes it feels like it's not working. Another concept I want to talk about before I sign off is what Tal Ben-Shahar says And he wrote a book about um, the pursuit of perfection. And I put that book in the show notes from episode one, if you want to check it out. But he says, perfectionists idolize a straight line journey to success. So remember, if you've got these perfectionistic tendencies, just like I do, then like me, you'll often visualize this image of who we want to be, how we're going to get there how we're going to feel once we're there. And we're just going to see like this straight line, like it's just going to go perfectly. And then we have to remember that as we start going, it's not going to be straight. It's going to twist and turn and curve and that's okay because it's a part of it. And that doesn't mean something has gone wrong. It doesn't mean that you don't deserve it or it's not available to you or it's just not going to happen for you. It just means we need to try another way. And bringing some awareness to that 
can bring some relief. And sometimes that's all we need. Instead of just trying to flip our thought from something negative to something totally positive to feel better, sometimes we just need to feel some relief. And sometimes I think about the actual dictionary definition of failure as the omission of occurrence or performance. The omission of performance. So in other words, not trying. That's the real failure. We're not really taught that growing up, so it is a bit of an unlearning process, but I like to think of that. That helps bring me some relief. So what are your big goals? What are you reaching for? What are you trying for? And how often do you try when things don't go, when it isn't a straight line journey to success? Do you keep trying? Do you try other ways? Do you think of other solutions? Does it matter how many times you fail? And remember, trying has ripple effects. Maybe you're not getting the outcome you want right away. And maybe you get something better. You might learn something about yourself. It might work out in a completely unexpected way that you couldn't have even dreamed of, but it's better. Or someone might see you trying and be so inspired that they try too. And then someone sees them and then they do the same. So even if it feels like it's just fail after fail and it's starting to feel depressing, remember to keep trying to inspire others, to build trust and resiliency in yourself to remind yourself it's not a straight line to success to keep trying so that you have the faith to strive for the big goals to have the to reach for the glorious failure keep trying because failure is a part of the process and avoiding it means avoiding growth keep trying because it's practice in unhooking the worthiness from success and failure And that's such a worthy pursuit, maybe bigger than the thing you're after. To remind yourself to get into that subconscious part of yourself that you're worthy simply because you are. And I don't think I can say that enough. You are inherently worthy because of your flaws, because of all the good parts about you. All those things make you worthy. The shadow side, all that stuff. That's what makes you unique. That's what makes you so important. My word, well, it's two words technically, so I guess it's a more, more of a phrase, but for 2022, what I've written down on my board is fail faster. Because I've been failing all along and slowly, <laughs> and I really think that's more painful. <laughs> so fail faster. And my follow-up question If it failed, where did it fail? Because too often when I come up against a fail, I throw it all out the window. Oh, this must all be wrong. Oh, this is all wrong for me. Very much a fixed mindset. I'm going to talk about that in a future episode. But my follow-up question, if it failed, where did it fail? Where does it need to be tweaked? Where is it not working? And remembering it's an iterative process. It's not a straight line journey, right? So dissecting where I can improve it and keep going. So I've got a free worksheet for you for I think every episode of this season. And I think what I'm going to do rather than email it to you weekly is I'm going to put it all on one landing page and send that to you. So you'll have it all in one place. So you can find that in your inbox and 
I do have a couple of updates for you. So my new online program for adults, Making Space, is now open for enrollment. You can get more information about this on my website or in the show notes. It includes hypnotherapy and Reiki. That This is the action and the healing at a deep level. So the podcast is really great for consuming information, for maybe having some perception shifts or some mindset changes. But if you are ready to do the deep work and to get into the subconscious programming and you need some energy and some emotional healing, that is what we are doing over in Making Space. And it is open for enrollment now. It is an application process and it is a rolling enrollment. So you sign up when you feel ready to take on that work with me. If you're in Saskatoon, I'm now seeing clients one-on-one for Reiki out of Boreal Wellness. And this is for kids, teens, and adults. Um, I think I mentioned in the last episode, I trained with my spiritual mentor here in Saskatoon and it was a great experience. And so she trained me in Usai Reiki level one and level two. And I am absolutely amazed at what that discipline allows you to shift. So if you're interested in working with me for that, you don't have to be in the Saskatoon area. I do also offer distant Reiki for anyone outside here. And that's all I have for you today. Thank you again so much for listening. I look forward to sharing more information with you on the next episode. And this podcast is recorded in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional land of the Cree people and the homeland of the Métis Nation. If you're not sure whose land you're on, I invite you to get curious by visiting nativeland.ca. And the podcast music is called Full Light Up the Stars by God. Have a beautiful week and go out and make some space.